The Chicago Sun-Times says it's so scary, I would compare it to sight. The old witch rides through the skies on her broom. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> and the phantom stage goes high as the vultures circle high. And its horses scream with fright as it thunders through the night. The phantom stage that haunts the canyon Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters. That was Dean Gitter riding the Phantom Stagecoach. And this is Dr. Butcher, broadcasting live from parts unknown, playing all your frightful favorites here on 66.6 KTRP on this dark and stormy night. Ghosts and ghouls are on the prowl, but don't be afraid if they come knocking on your door. Just make sure you've got plenty of sweet treats on hand, otherwise they might just take a bite out of you. It's almost midnight. That means it's nearly time. Time for me to retire to my dusty crypt for the evening and turn things over to the gruesome twosome for a special All Hallows transmission to take you through the witching hour. But before I sign off, I think we've got time for one more haunted hit to curdle the blood in your veins. Direct from those kooky cats who always do Halloween right, the marshmallow ghosts. You know him, you love him, he's everybody's favorite pain in the neck. It's Dracula. that Halloween has done much to advance the American way of life. A joyous... And it's Gary the Grinder here from the morning show. I'll finally be back next week from jury duty. Boy, did I get a case. Keep it locked right here to 66.6 all night long.
Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters. It's after midnight. It's the gruesome twosome. I'm Gore. He's Carrie. And tonight is very scary because it's all Hallow's Eve. We're going to be talking about your favorite cherished Halloween memories. That's coming up. We got a number, 555-KTRP. That's 555-KTRP. We got Billy Bones sitting on the switchboard waiting for your call. First stuff, we're going to be talking about something a little special. We're going to be talking about a little uh, musical confection from the Halloween wizards known as the Marshmallow Ghost. But that's later. Right now, I want to talk to my good friend, Carrie. How's it going out there? It's Carrie here. How's your Halloween been, my friend? How's it been going? The kids are in bed. The trick-or-treaters are done. The candlelight and the jack-o'-lanterns is burning low. It's getting spooky out there because it's the witching hour. That's right. I'm waiting for the lightning. (laughs) And then you're, oh yeah, I have to add that in later. (laughs) It's a cold night in the metropolitan area. We've got the storm front moving in. They're talking about 40, 50 mile per hour winds gusting tonight. Heavy rain, lightning and thunder. Batting down the hatches because Halloween is about to get rough. Bad carry. It's bad news. The good thing is all the kids are in bed by now. It doesn't matter. They're asleep. They're dreaming about, I don't know, they're dreaming about all the candy they're going to eat from now until Christmas. Or not dreaming. They're going to be puking a lot. That's right. Kids puke. Eat so much candy, they puke. I've seen it. It never, ha- it never happened to me. Damn near been there myself. That's right. 66.6 KTRP, the home of Halloween. Here in the uh, KTRP studios, it's the best time of year. It's our favorite holiday. Oh, yeah. And we like to do it right. The gruesome twosome, tearing it up late nights here on KTRP 66.6, the home of Halloween. I think legally we're obligated to do that like every 30 seconds. It's a technicality, yeah. Halloween never dies here at KTRP. It's always within us. It's always midnight somewhere. Our model here, the gruesome, twosome, haunted Halloween spooktacular. We got listener calls coming up. We've already got a few calls, a few people on the line right now. They're going to have to wait a while because we got shit to talk about first. That's right. We've got Billy Bones with the phone lines open at 555-KTRP. Give us a call. Tell us some of your favorite, most cherished Halloween memories. If you don't want to stay on the line, you can leave a voicemail. We've got some comments already from our Instagram feed. We're going to be sharing those as well. We've got a full plate tonight, but that's part two, trick-or-treaters. Right now, we're going to be talking about a little uh, musical diversion from the year 2020. It's from a little a group, a person, the Marshmallow Ghosts. It's the Witching Hour. Why don't you give us a little background gore? I will, Carrie. I will do that. The Marshmallow Ghosts is technically a band, but it's not a band. It's just a, a name made up by a guy named Ryan Graveface. But Ryan Graveface lives in Savannah, Georgia. He owns a record shop, two record labels. He is the owner and curator of a museum, a musician, a music producer, and he's built basically a small personal empire that is focused and inspired by Halloween. He doesn't see Halloween as a day. He sees Halloween as a lifestyle. The music he makes with the Marshmallow Ghost, as well as basically everything else he does, it's all about celebrating that lifestyle for himself and for other people who are 
of similar minds. But one of the things that Brian Greyface decided to do was to uh, create his own Halloween tradition. And uh, that's why he came up with the Marshmallow Ghosts. The term band is only there because he doesn't know what else to call it. It can be so many different things. It can be Ryan doing shit by himself. It can be Ryan collaborating with one person or a dozen people. It doesn't matter. Some of the earliest Marshmallow Ghost stuff is just uh, like a seven inch single, like the Sneak or Trick or Treat. But then he got a little more elaborate. He released a 12 inch, like a full L. P. self-titled Marshmallow Ghost, which is actually the soundtrack to a movie called Corpse Survivor. He's released uh, Marshmallow Ghost seven inches with magazines, storybooks and coloring books all sorts of weird shit and that's the cool part about the marshmallow goes he wants to do something different every year like even this year his current release focuses on uh, hh holmes it's called the castle but the idea behind the witching hour the 2020 marshmallow ghost release he was inspired by a lot of different things the main inspirations were the orson wells mercury theater on the air presentation of war of the worlds one of his modern inspirations was the wnu of halloween special not coincidentally the narrative was written by chris la martina who co-wrote and co-directed the wnu of halloween special the idea behind the witching hour as a concept album is that it is a radio show called the witching hour the dj's playing music and taking calls from people who are sharing ghost stories really it's just an excuse for ryan grayface to feature new music from a lot of the artists that are signed to his label the sandra son odeon fawning night school that kind of stuff it's new music from those artists but it's like a sampler of the cool stuff that grayface records has that's the thing i really liked about it because all the music's just good anyway there's like an interesting story that's kind of woven throughout it uh if you haven't listen to the witching hour we're gonna spoil it if you don't want to spoil it i would encourage you to listen to it it's like uh, i don't know 35 minutes long a lot of these ghost stories they kind of go for the throat it was written by chris la martina and the wnf halloween special goes for the throat in the end the witching hour goes for your heart it's more melancholy and a little wistful maybe and i've very much appreciated that because when you think of old school ghost stories a lot of them really are just about heartbreak yeah there's usually some sad fucked up person that's involved because some weird tragic shit happened the conceit is that we have aaron baxter filling in for sinister sam rialto the person who plays Aaron Baxter in The Witching Hour is Alexandra Morte, and she's actually the singer in Night School. You hear her sing in Frankie, My Love. So she's actually featured as a musician as well as the host of The Witching Hour. Callers are sharing their ghost stories and a real ghost story unfolds during the radio show that personally affects Aaron Baxter and, uh, well, the, the ghost is her, her late wife. They were married on Halloween. It was their anniversary. You get these little hints throughout. A certain interesting song starts trying to play several times throughout this story. And uh, it's really, you can tell it's starting to freak her out. She doesn't understand why this is happening. Coming up next, this is Sandra Sun Odeon with Burning. Uh, I, I'm sorry about that, folks. That is not the correct track. Um... It looks like our server had it labeled wrong, which is really, really weird. Hey, Sinister Sam, if you're listening and that was some kind of joke, it's really, really not funny. Then in the end, she gets a call from her late wife. Hello? 
you're on the air. Got a ghost story for us? Aaron? That's me. Who's this? Why won't you play the song? What? You keep cutting it off. Who is this? You know who this is. Jess? Please. It's a special request. Hello? Jess? You get that last bit when she's talking directly to you, the listener. Jess, if you're still listening, this is for you. And to anyone who doubts the existence of ghosts, I hope this Halloween night stays with you. Happy anniversary, baby. And then she plays the song. It really gets me every time. Very sad moment. It's affirming in a way because it shows directly that their love transcends death. Yeah. I like, look, first, if I like the music, this music is good yeah. overall. The album itself, and I'm thinking about the side A and side B, the vinyl version, is a presentation of a radio show of The Witching Hour. As such, a lot of the music that's featured in it is not played in its entirety. But if you have a digital copy of the album, it includes the Witching Hour presentation in full, and it includes all the music, which is nice. I love it because I love that I have a complete version of Montauk because I fucking love that track. It's a great way to begin the experience. And then, of course, the album closes with the wedding song, which is actually by the artist Velvet Gentleman, which is a fucking awesome name. have some music direct from the marshmallow ghost which is basically just ryan graveface doing his thing and uh i think it all works very well that's the cool thing about the album it premiered on halloween on twitch on youtube as a live stream with the klme halloween video the witching hour was simulcast on over 100 radio stations across the united states I watched the KLME Halloween show and then I'd listen to the album on Halloween. And it was a really good experience because you know you're listening to it with a lot of other people. You're all having a communal experience, which is cool. You don't have that a lot. You watch stuff, you listen to stuff on your own time. But sometimes you're able to tune into something and you know other people are doing it too. And you know what? Even though you're not necessarily communicating with the people, you feel it. You know you're listening to it with them. You're not alone. I always like that. It's the same thing I always liked about watching like Monster Vision when I was growing up. Because you know, it's Saturday night. You know other people are watching this shit too. They're having a good time. You're having a good time. But yeah, I mean, I love The Witching Hour. I love the music of The Witching Hour. Burning by Sandra Sonodian. I love all, I literally, all this fucking music's great. I like the artists, though, so I mean, maybe I'm biased, because I've got most of their music anyway. It's funny that you named basically all of the songs except for my favorite songs, so that kind of works out, which were The Serpent and The Wolfman. Well, I was saving the Marshmallow Ghost solo track. Were those the Marshmallow Ghosts? And then there's Dracula, which, I look, I love Dracula, because it is just this bizarre, shabby riff on tequila. I love it. (laughs) 
It's almost lazy, is how it sounds. Right. And and after watching the video at the end of the KLME, it explains that it's just kind of this weird stone Halloween party. (laughs) Someone had a stupid punchline, and you know what? I think we can make it into a two minute song. And they did. Although I think wisely, in the Witching Hour version, it starts outside two. You hear like 30 seconds of it, which works in that context, but I also like the full version of the song is included. It doesn't overstay its welcome either way, I think. It's just this fun little diversion I, there's something so fucking stupid about dracula that i find so endearing but yeah that's the uh i don't know i that's the witching hour i think it's a great little uh ghost story i really do it's told very well and it's got heart that's the thing that really surprised me at the end it's got heart and i appreciate that i enjoyed the kind of cool crunchy synth beats and then the weird heartfelt ghost story mixed in they threw some funny ads in witchcraft brewing has the best beer this witching season Yes, witchcraft brewing has the best beer this witching season. The ghost stories, they call it and tell, they're all kind of funny. Oh man, oh, what a spooky story you just told me. I put baby powder all over the floor around the bed. And the next morning, I wake up to find multiple sets of cloven footprints all across the room. So immediately, I call the landlord to move out, but he already knew why I was calling. They'd had six renters in just three years. That was very disturbing. The thing I like most about the Witching Hour presentation, the wedding song plays through at the end. During the closing moments of the song, it sounds like the signal's getting lost. The ghost is drifting away. very eerie and very interesting the static is getting louder like the message is getting lost it's very ghostly like a haunted radio station it actually helps sell the eerie quality of the whole endeavor because the song is fading with the ghost but the memory remains it's good stuff but i'm still here i still exist think about me for a little while every now and then it's a ghost story but it's about love death isn't enough to end this love that's all I need, man. The Witching Yard by the Marshmallow Ghosts. You know how hard it is to say ghosts? You can say ghost, but then you have to add the S man. Ghosts. 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 He's only boldly. Sorry, Billy Bones. Yeah, we're just playing with you, Billy. How many How many people we've got waiting on the... Oh, two? We've got two calls? Great. Fantastic. Yeah, we're talking about the witching hour. During the witching hour, here on the gruesome twosome haunted Halloween spooktacular on KTRP 66.6. The Who of Halloween. There you go. We have to mention the special. It was clearly inspired by the WNUF Halloween special. Definitely, yeah. Unlike the WNUF Halloween special, there's no ulterior motive to it. It's just a TV broadcast. A found footage Halloween. Yeah, and it's basically public access. It's not like a TV channel. Because you could tell they had no money making that but i think that's part of why i like it let spend it all on his vampire teeth it's just a fun little thing they threw together it's not perfect i mean i think they overduce it like the fast forwarding a little too much but i think it's entertaining in its own right i enjoy yeah. it yeah drinking with dr frankenstein is fucking hilarious when you want to entertain your neighbors there's some drinks that just might knock them down that's absolutely perfect if you're looking to put them in the oven by the end of the night. I wish it had just been 20 minutes of that. And remember, everything is fine when you're cooking with Dr. Frankenstein. And also when you're drinking with Dr. Frankenstein as well. And then the ads and tarot card reader killing people. Oh, yikes. 
I'm seeing a very untimely death. I'm seeing fire and an explosion. David, are you in the chemistry lab by chance? Yes, well, I'm absolutely amazed. I'm working on an experimental pro- David? Hello? Right off the bat, I was like, oh shit, this is hilarious. I actually thought it was very funny. I like the KLME special. I watch it every year. I just carve out a little time every October. Like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this for a little while. And I, you know what? I enjoy myself. I guess that's a pretty high compliment because it's become part of my annual Halloween tradition. At some point, I will watch the KLME special. I will listen to The Witching Hour. It's been right up there with uh, Halloween is here from Lonton Wyatt. So, I mean, it's right. there. I listen to it every year. I just enjoy it. Unlike Halloween is here, I can listen to the music of the witching hour out of context no 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 don't cut don't cut hold on Creature! So Carrie, scary Carrie, we just uh, finished our conversation about The Witching Hour from The Marshmallow Ghosts. Great and, album. Uh, I'm wondering, my friend, do we want to open the uh, creaky crypt doors to the KTRP canon and induct The Witching Hour? Because I'm thinking we should induct The Witching Hour into the canon. I think we should do it. I don't know all that shit about the ghost. The ghost is the best part. It was a ghost. I don't get it. It's a ghost story, you dumb no. shit. Now drink it with Dr. Frankenstein. Stein, that's more my style. We can put that in the canon too. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, the witching hour should definitely be in the KTRP canon. Oh my god. Oh my devil. Oh my devil. So we did it. Congratulations to you, dear Marshmallow Ghosts. Congratulations, Ryan Graveface. The Witching Hour has been formally inducted into the esteemed KTRP canon. It's there, along with so much stuff that we can't name offhand because we didn't write that shit down. Yeah. I started. We'll figure it out someday. We'll, we will share that with you on our official blog, on the KTRP blog. Not now, because we have not written that down. No. Hey, uh, hey, Billy, you got the phone lines lined up and ready for us? He's giving us uh, a thumbs up. He doesn't give a shit. I think he's high all the time, really. He's 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 barely here. Physically, he's here. Look at those eyes. There's nothing there. Ah, we're just playing with you, Billy. Don't get butt hurt. That concludes part one of the gruesome twosomes haunted Halloween spooktacular. Uh, we'll be back after this ad break. We're going to talk about you, trick-or-treaters. We've got people on the line. We've got some voicemails. we got some people who have left us comments on Instagram. We'll be right back with part two of the gruesome twosome haunted Halloween spooktacular after this break. Right here on 66.6, the home of Halloween. <laughs> We here at the Hill People Insurance Company want you to know we've got your back. Our prized policies are here to keep you covered from head to toe. You know we're there. Hill People Insurance. Morris of Macmillan University reports observing a total of three explosions on the planet Mars between the hours of 7.45 p.m. and... We'll make you one devil of a deal. <laughs> Come on down to Simon's Consignment and Cassette Circus. All Halloween weekend, we're having a two-for-one video special, including the videos video behind, the, behind black the black curtain. curtain. And you know we've still got those banned Tom Sleesmore productions. We've got we've what got you, you want. want. Simon's Consignment and Cassette Circus, 1313 North Erie Road. Just off that turn. The Devil's Dead. Two floors of unrelenting terror located on the corner of 13th and May. This extreme haunt is for adults only, so leave the kids at home. Can you endure the claustrophobic horrors of the hellish labyrinth? Will you survive the pitch-black pit of despair? Can you escape the terrifying asylum of the damned with your 
Sanity intact. The Devil's Den is the metropolitan area's premier extreme haunt, celebrating 13 years. Burying the competition. Ticket price is only $10 a head, but if you're not careful, you might just lose yours. Are you brave enough to enter the Devil's Den? The Devil's Den! Sponsored by 66.6 KTRB, the home of Halloween. Hey, everybody! It's uh, fucking Jethro Tull calling in. What's going on with Aqualung? Is that in the cannon? Yeah, it's in the cannon. What the fuck? You don't want to know about Halloween? I don't celebrate Halloween. I'm fucking Presbyterian. <laughs> Hang up on this motherfucker. <laughs> Wasting our fucking time. <laughs> Welcome back from the break. It's the gruesome twosome. It's Gore and Carrie, and we're very scary talking about Halloween. 66.6 KTRP, though. We've got the phone lines open, 555-KTRP. Give us a call. Tell us your spooky, favorite, cherished Halloween memory. According to Billy Bones, we got some people on the line already, but they're going to have to wait because guess what? What? We got the football scores. It's the big homecoming game, Carrie. It happened. It's over. The Haddonfield Hammers defeated the Santa Maria Shamrocks 23-4. to 13. Oh, the hometown hammers. They put the hammer down. There's a lot of celebrating going down in Haddonfield tonight. It's Halloween. Congratulations to the Haddonfield Hammers. We stomped them shamrocks. Just in time, that cold front's blowing in and things are getting crucial out there. Lightning, thunder. It's going to get bad real soon, so you got to batten down the hatches, kids. And make sure to keep it tuned into 66.6 KTRP for all your emergency weather needs. Anyway, we got some uh, we got some voicemails. We got some comments. But right now, we're going to start off with a voicemail from one of our regulars. Which regular? is this by the way billy which is it aqua slash that's right okay patch him through billy all right people it's aqua slash i just want to let you guys know halloween is my favorite holiday when i was a kid trick-or-treating was the coolest thing i could have ever imagined i got to dress up like a vampire and run around my neighborhood after dark demanding free candy from strangers i think i was a generic vampire four years in a row i just loved vampires and cover up my face in that crappy white makeup you could buy for less than a dollar I wear some cheap plastic fangs as soon as I hit the sidewalk that evening. Even though I was just a scrawny little kid, I felt like Count Dracula himself. I have two nephews, and I take them trick-or-treating every year. Last year, the youngest one even dressed up as a vampire. That's right. Some of his accoutrements were a little more advanced than the stuff I could afford when I was a kid, but it really brought back some memories. Well, thanks for sharing, Aqua Slash. Appreciate that. I love dressing up as a vampire. You know, I don't think I ever actually dressed up as a vampire. I don't recall ever actually being a vampire. Like You're you're telling me, really, you never dressed up in one of those cheap plastic capes when you were a kid, so I'm a vampire i did for fun but i don't know that i ever did for halloween i was always counting dracula i wasn't that generic vampire stuff i was the big man i, I wasn't gonna sell for anything less but it sounds like aqua slash is continuing the tradition with his nephews that's nice thank you so much calling in aqua slash we appreciate your continued patronage hey uh hey billy who else we got next 
He's calling this late? All right, we'll patch him through. Hey, Gruesome Twosome. It's so great to be on the air with you guys. I love I love the show. Hey, welcome back, CJ. My favorite part of Halloween, I love carving jack-o'-lanterns, okay? There's this local farm around where I live. They got this big pumpkin patch. Every year, I pick up three or four nice-sized pumpkins. I just carve them up. I always take a sick day on Halloween if it falls on a work day. So I get carving my pumpkins late in the morning. I sit on the front porch. I listen to music that helps set the Halloween mood. Not necessarily Halloween music, though I have some records I keep in rotation, including Halloween is here from Lonesome Wyatt and the Holy Spooks, thanks to you guys at KTRP. You recommended that. That's a straight-up classic. I love it. I find the music of Robert Johnson to be very appropriate. It usually takes me at least an hour to carve my jack-o'-lanterns because I never have a plan when I start. I just kind of come up with the faces on the fly when I look at the shapes of the pumpkins. I decide what, you know, might be the best fit. It's always a really enjoyable experience for me. And last year, my girlfriend participated, which was a nice change. She never actually carved a jack-o'-lantern before, and uh, her family never really celebrated Halloween in general. I've been kind of introducing her to the wonders of the holiday, and it's been it's been a blast. We had a great time last year. And this year, she came with me to the farm to pick her own pumpkin yesterday. She was running around the field looking for the perfect pumpkin for a half hour. It was adorable. Jack-o'-lanterns, man. Happy Halloween, guys. May your jack-o'-lanterns blaze long into the festive Halloween night. You too, CJ. Uh, I hope you blaze long into the night. You know what I mean? Happy Halloween, bro. Well, thank you so much for calling in, CJ. We really appreciate that. Hang on. We got a voicemail from... Hang on. What's the note? I can't read your handwriting, Billy. Fucking Billy. Uh, Sammy, not my real name. Not his real name? Sammy is not his real name. You could have just said Sammy. You don't need to know if it's not your real name, Sammy. Just say Sammy. Just say Sammy. I think Sammy is his real name. It probably is. Just to see if anybody's paying attention. Hey, Gruesome Twosome. It's Sammy here. Not my real name. I worked at a local haunt for several seasons called Terror Island, which was really confusing to me because there was no island. There was a big wooden footbridge that crossed like a creek to a parcel of land. It was owned by this old man who apparently struck oil on his property in like the 1950s. He leased it to a group of people who made Terror Island each Halloween for maybe 20 years or so. I guess maybe crossing over a bridge made people feel like they were crossing over to an island. I don't know. I was in charge of my own staging area, and uh, I usually chose like a mad scientist experiment gone awry kind of thing for my gag, which usually went over pretty well. Uh, Me and a couple friends, we'd hang out, smoke some weed, screw around when we weren't jumping out of the dark, you know, flailing our arms and screaming incoherently at paying customers. It was a lot of fun, man. I'd probably still be working at Terror Island if the head organizer hadn't died. He had a heart attack on his birthday back in uh, 2018. Fucking big Ed. Tall as a fucking oak tree, man. He was just the nicest guy I ever met. I didn't really care that much about Halloween until I started working for Big Ed. Man, it's my favorite holiday these days. I still try to go to a couple local haunts each year because I kind of know what the gig's like. I know some of the people who still put them together around town. Like a weird kind of family. Happy Halloween, Big Ed. Thank you for your voicemail, Sammy. Happy Halloween, Big Ed. I mean, I mean, oh, no, not Sammy. <laughs> yeah, right. Not Sammy. We don't know his name. He doesn't want us he to He who shall not be named Sammy. Except that it's not Sammy. I'm pretty sure Aquaslash isn't that guy's real name. That's pretty believable. Don't bullshit me. Listen, Gore, I think you have some Instagram posts you wanted to share with us, right? Well, no, eh? we got, look, this guy, the Terror Island, that's a cool name. I like was that. starting to think there was something similar to that in Watson Park, but it was an actual uh, island. Because when I saw Terror Park. Island, for some reason, that piqued my interest. Wicked Island. Wicked Island. We got Wicked Island in Watson Park, which is an actual island. That's an island. Yeah. Happy Halloween, Big Ed. How about that? Happy Halloween, Big Ed. I'm going to read an Instagram post, and guess what? What? You're never going to believe it. It's from your mother. Ah. Uh, 
Your mother left a comment. God, I need and, to take uh, that fucking phone away from her. Your mother, Kathy, says, I remember the costumes Grandma made for you boys. One year, you all went as Ninja Turtles, and you all looked so cute doing your ninja moves as we went trick-or-treating. That was it. It was just a cute little comment. Embarrassed by your mother on Halloween. That's uh, fine. We also have uh, a new comment from uh, one of our uh, esteemed regulars. She's been around. Her name is Mika. Mika That's Ravenna. Right. She left a comment for us. She wanted us to know all about her personal Halloween experiences. And Mika says, dressing up was always my favorite part of Halloween. I could be anything I wanted to be for one night a year and people wouldn't judge me or call me a weirdo. I felt like I actually fit in when I was trick-or-treating with my friends dressed like a witch or a banshee. When I was a teenager, I started going to midnight screenings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show around Halloween where I felt like I was among people who truly understood me. Columbia was always my favorite character and I loved the way Little Nell sang so when I finally had the opportunity to act in a production of the original musical, of course, I was playing Columbia. This year, I'm attending a screening on Devil's Night. I was chosen to portray Dr. Frankenfurter in the Shadow Cast, which is the first for me and incredibly exciting. I also can't let a Halloween season go by without watching 1932's The Mummy. It's one of my favorite movies ever made with a truly hypnotic atmosphere and fantastic performances from Boris Karloff and Zita Johan. I fell in love with Karloff's Imhotep when I was a kid, and that's never really changed. His origin of the film is genuinely horrific, and he's always been the rare boss. I've always wanted to see victorious in the end. Imhotep deserved better. And Zita Johan looks spectacular with some beautiful, risque fashions considering the time period. The Mummy's definitely my favorite of the Universal Horror movies, a true classic from the Golden Age of Cinema. I can't celebrate Halloween without it. Happy Halloween, Gruesome Tucson. Thank you, Mika. I don't know. Yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a technically not Halloween related thing that has become part of Halloween. It's not a Halloween movie, but everyone yeah. always does the midnight screenings around Halloween. Weirdly enough there's no reason you can have midnight screenings of rocky horror in you know august it doesn't matter a lot more people will come and feel more comfortable doing things like cross-dressing on halloween than on a normal day but the thing about the mummy there's some stuff zita johan wears how the fuck did you get away with that 1932 oh man and the love story there yeah I, I believe it i really wanted boris karloff to win i wanted him to get what he wanted and then live he doesn't because it's a horror movie back in the day they, there's no way the bad guy can win but man i really wanted to win i'm with you there mika i really am and happy halloween indeed i think we have another uh comment on the blog oh shit ultimate friend of the podcast max power is here for maximum power max power left a comment live from an undisclosed basement location could be in a bunker in the desert we don't know it could be in a fancy high-rise in new york who knows with max power you never know with this guy when i was a teen i got big into the diy haunted house scene i transformed my family's two-car garage into a little spook house for the neighborhood kids to enjoy while they went trick-or-treating on halloween since i had become too old to be respectfully trick-or-treating at the end of the tiny spooky labyrinth my older sister would wait as the bride of frankenstein with her hair all teased out her arm Arms wrapped in crepe paper we bought from the local drugstore, holding a big dish filled with candy. When the kids got close, she just stood there like a statue. And when they got a handful of candy, she'd let out a blood-curdling scream that sent them running for the exit. As soon as they got outside, they laughed and told each other they weren't really scared. And some of them even lined up to walk through again. My little haunt became a pretty big deal around the neighborhood. 
until I left for college. And when I would come home and visit during fall break, I would sometimes get heckled by some of the kids in the neighborhood for stopping the tradition. I didn't think anybody really cared until I heard some of these kids and saw their genuine disappointment in their faces when they told me how much they enjoyed my haunted garage. I realized that in some very small way, I actually made a difference for those kids. It made their Halloween a little more special. I moved into a townhome four years ago, and my neighbors are pretty cool. So when I asked them if they'd be interested in pooling our resources and making kind of a joint neighborhood haunt three years ago, they agreed. We put on as big a show as we could reasonably afford each year, and I see how much the kids who live around here appreciate our efforts. It's one of the best feelings I've ever experienced. My sister's visiting this Halloween, and I've already got her to agree to be my bride of Frankenstein one more time. Everything old is new again. Long live Halloween. I really like that. Thank you very much for that, Max Power. Ghoulish memories to generations of children. Come back and be my bride of Frankenstein in the garage one more time. Thank you so much for coming back, Max Power. We appreciate it very much. We got another comment from a friend on Instagram. It's happening. Oh, is it your mom? No, this is actually from uh, our good friend Polar Chemicals. And Polar Chemicals says, I was a crepe paper mummy for Halloween when I was seven. We didn't have a lot of money, and that crepe was on clearance. Unfortunately... It was powder blue, which is not generally a color you associate with ancient Egyptian mummies. So I was a blue crepe paper mummy for Halloween. I didn't care because by the end of the night, I had a big pillowcase stuffed with candy. And I was an only child. So I booked my express ticket to Root Canal Junction that night. But I wouldn't change anything. Those are baby teeth. Who gives a shit? That's the whole comment. I think they're supposed to do root canals on baby teeth. They fucking did apparently to old polar chemicals. I think your parents got had polar chemicals at your physical expense. That sounds like somebody got f***ed over. I, I mean, screwed over. Excuse me. But we're, we're glad for your comment. Maybe they used to do things different back then. And, hey, we're going to charge you five grand for these root canals. But uh, thank you for your comment, Polar Chemicals. We have a... We got another comment. The Rumble says, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a great movie for this time of year because it's got both the holidays covered. You get the great Halloween atmosphere in the first half, and the second half is a macabre Christmas that a morbid kid can really get behind. And the animation is fantastic, and the story is great and it's the first love story i ever watched as a kid and i could actually enjoy i watched it every october and every december two great holiday movies in one you can't beat that bargain (laughs) he's not wrong that's right the rumble's correct it should be on rotation from october to december i can't disagree we got a comment in the blog Corey or Carrie, or the fuck your name is Scary Carrie. Carrie Coronary. <laughs> Carrie Coronary. You just came up with that now. You should have come up with that like two hours ago before we started this. <laughs> shit, you dumb motherfucker. It's too late now. Uh, I'm Goran. This is Carrie Coronary. We're gonna see each other up at the climax of this episode. You can't wait. Like, I'll stop <laughs> We got another. Uh, comment on the old ktrp i can't say ktrp anymore it's ktrp 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 thank you so much good friend the rumble by the way we know each other very well i don't know what the rumble is what is the rumble what, the f- your name is? what is the rumble what is your name carrie scary carrie scary cory <laughs> tory cory gory anyway look we got Another comment on the old blog. 66.6 KTRP. The home of Halloween. It's a thing. It's a thing. I gotta say it. Otherwise, we'll lose our license. The home of Halloween. 
And we've got a new comment. Another one. Returning favorite, King Shark. King Shark says, I grew up in a Cabrini Green high-rise, and we would trick-or-treat in our building. But we knew which apartments and even which floors to stay away from because we didn't want to get fucked up over knocking on the wrong door. Some of the dealers in the hood were real nice, handing out full-size Snickers bars and Kit Kats. We would usually accept that stuff, even though they were just trying to get us to trust them so we would end up playing lookout on the street where they were dealing. A few of my friends fell into that, and one of them even got killed while playing hooky. I know a lot of people have a certain idea when they think of Cabrini Green, but unless they live there, they have no idea. Halloween was still fun. At least most of the time. We caught more flag from the cops than anybody else those nights because they were always just looking for any excuse to hassle anybody they could find in our neighborhood. We were all criminals to those assholes. Our family never had a lot of money, but my mom would still always buy some Tootsie Rolls or Dum Dums and hand them out in Halloween. When my brothers and I got home, we would always watch whatever scary movie we could find on TV. The first time I saw Halloween 2, it was a late night movie one Halloween night. That TV version was so scary to me, I couldn't shut up about it to all my friends. I never saw it again until I bought that special edition Blu-ray of Halloween 2 a few years ago on clearance at a Best Buy. I couldn't believe the TV cut was on that set and I watched it as soon as they got home and I was a six-year-old boy again, freaking out and ready to hide under a blanket. What a surreal experience that was. One of my favorite memories was watching that movie with my brothers while I ate Jiffy Pop and my mom kept answering the door to hand out candy to older kids. I miss my mom. I got out of that neighborhood and live in an actual house in St. Paul these days, but I still make Jiffy Pop and watch a scary movie each Halloween because of her. I also hand out candy even late at night when the older kids make it through, even though I can afford better stuff than Dum Dums and Tootsie Rolls. This year, my daughter's old enough to go trick-or-treating for the first time. She's going to be Sky from Paw Patrol, and she's more excited about Halloween this year than Christmas. My wife was going to take our daughter out, but the child insisted on Daddy taking her trick-or-treating. So now I get to be Marshall the Fire Dog, since I refuse to dress up as a cop, even a pretend dog cop. Happy Halloween. He ain't gonna be a dog cop at Halloween. <laughs> even if he wanted to be nice to his kid. Yeah. What about that one? I like the fireman. Listen, kid, I'm not gonna be the cop. So I can be the fireman or the bulldozer. The fireman, good choice. Thank you so much for that wonderful comment, King Shark. Cabrini Green is where uh, Candyman, the movie, took place. That was Cabrini Green. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. I love that he refused to even be a pretend dog cop, even if his <laughs> daughter wanted to play a cop. I don't know if Paw Patrol is. There's something called Paw Patrol. It's something called PJ Masks. It's just weird kids thing. I know that it's a thing that kids, that little kids like. That's mm-hmm. enough. I'm good. Thank you for the comment, King Shark. Thanks for coming back, and uh, thanks for sharing your haunted Halloween memories we got an Maybe, email we got an email from someone named we did yeah oh, it was a weird email he said his name was satan's fingertips and he said he smelled something weird and they hung up i was like who's this he, hung up. <laughs> he said it was an email <laughs> Oh, he hung up on an email? I was like, why am I hearing emails? Why is this email playing in my head? That's definitely something you should get looked at. Oh, it was the singing bones talking to us. And apparently I owe him a blow job, but he said I didn't have to collect. So. Friend of the gruesome twosome show, the singing bone writes or types. I've got to do two things around the end of October, otherwise it's not Halloween. I have to read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow outside on a cloudy, chilly day, hopefully under a tree with a nice breeze and i have to watch it's the great pumpkin charlie brown that's all non-negotiable if that doesn't happen it ain't halloween i'm 35 years old and i still watch a children's cartoon by myself each october i don't even have the excuse of being able to watch it with niece
nieces or nephews. I have a few of those, but they live in Hamilton and I live in Vancouver. So we don't hang out a lot. They seem like okay little people, but we're not that close. I live with my girlfriend, but she doesn't always feel like sitting with me when I watch that sweet summer child Linus spend all night in a pumpkin patch waiting for a fictional demigod to show up and give him a bunch of candy and toys. I get that. I have to sit and watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show with her every year, but that's fine. I keep telling her we can go see it at the rep theater with a bunch of other fans. And we can even dress up, but she just wants to watch it at home, drinking margaritas and eating candy corn in her comfy slippers. We're both pretty introverted, but I think actually going out and taking part in a raucous horror... Rock, that's a tongue twister for me. Raucous Rocky Horror screening once before we die would be good for both of us. I'm still trying to convince her to go out this year, but I doubt it'll work. Some people like to go driving around at night around Christmas and look at all the decorated houses, but we do that for Halloween. It's a lot of fun. On Halloween, we just take a long walk in the early evening and take in the ambiance. Checking out the decorations as trick-or-treaters zoom by. We might stop for a coffee if we're in the mood. Then we go home, drink some hard cider, and watch the gulag on Shudder while we wait for kids to ring our doorbell. And then we... <laughs> and uh, that's a pretty wonderful Halloween as far as I'm concerned. That sounds pretty nice, Singing Bone. I'm not going to read Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but I'll definitely watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Washington Irving had a great way with words. A lot of his stuff is very readable. It is kind of crazy. Occasionally you read something and you're like, ah, that's pretty good. And you're like, oh, that's 120 years old. But then you read something that's also 120 years old and you're like, this is in English? I don't understand a word of this shit. There was a time when we were actually going to go to a screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. We were there. We were at the parking yeah. lot. But the theater parking lot was full. So we just fucked off. Went to the Pink Floyd <laughs> yeah, laser we, light show. We saw the Pink Floyd show at the planetarium. There was a weird raucous crowd and we were like weird teenagers were like yeah this shit's weird the parking's difficult somebody at that pink floyd show was high as a kite you could smell it and unfortunately it wasn't us thanks for coming back to singing boom but guess what we got another uh, we got a voicemail kai oh shit we got a voicemail from our good friend Archbishop back. He left a voicemail. This is exciting. Yes. Okay, uh, Billy, Billy Bones, could you uh, could you play the voicemail, please? You know, perfect Halloween for me. Sitting up front porch in the late afternoon, playing 1967's Mad Monster Party on a loop with my hidden DVD player, while I dress up like a scarecrow and sit on the bench by the door, pretending to be an inanimate object with a big candy sitting next to me. It's an old trick. A lot of people do it, but I always enjoy it. And the kids seem to like it too. Most of the kids, they know I'm not really just a scarecrow. They're already laughing when they reach my porch, just waiting for me to start flailing my arms around and wailing like a spooky ghost. Half the time, I'm just watching Mad Monster Party on the porch anyway. Still wearing my costume, mind you. Some kids and their parents, they'll watch part of the movie with me. It's just a neighborhood thing. We're all friendly. We know each other well enough. I always leave my jack-o'-lanterns lit when I go inside for the night. But that's always been important to me. It's one of the rules. Never blow out your jack-o'-lanterns before Halloween's over. Take my advice, folks, and you'll have a very happy Halloween. And maybe watch Mad Monster Party while you're at it. 
you have one more Instagram post? I do. I have another Instagram post. Oh, by the way, thank you so much for that uh, for that voicemail, Archbishop Mac. You're a good friend of the show. We do have one more comment on Instagram. I'm going to go ahead and read that. It's uh, from returning champion Hip City Shades. I was going to say Hip City Shades. That's not right. Anyway, Hip City Shades says, I always love watching the Garfield Halloween special. It was appointment television for me when I was a kid. Such cool atmosphere and stylish animation. And the Renzo Music's laconic vocal performance as Garfield is pitch perfect. So many happy memories wrapped up in this one. I guess you had to be a certain uh, of a certain age. They don't show the Garfield Halloween special anymore. They don't. Sh- it's not on TV anymore. I never really liked any of the Garfield cartoons. That was the one I liked. You know, maybe it was just the Halloween thing. There was just something about it. It was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm with Hip City Shades on that one. The Garfield Halloween special. There are other Garfield specials, I guess. I don't care. Oh, the Halloween Garfield special. Pirates and ghosts and spooky stuff. It was fun. Aside from that, as far as Garfield goes, I mean, not just Garfield like the cartoon, but Garfield period, I, I don't care at all. Garfield sucks. There's some of those intellectual properties that lasted and some of them it's just like, you know, if you weren't there at the time and you even if you read it now, you'd be like, well, this is fucking stupid. This was like a big thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. That was dumb. Garfield should have been canceled like 1999. It shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's sick. It's a sickness, Corey. Whatever your name is. <laughs> Scary Carrie. We got another live call. Billy Bones tells us we got we got another live call from an anonymous source. Billy, patch us through. Tell us some Halloween memories. All right, which movie is that? At least say something. Billy, cut it. Cut it. The fuck was that? Fucking kids. Yeah, I know. I look. I know it's the witching hour. It's spooky, but don't waste our time. That was dumb as hell. Speaking of dumb as hell. <laughs> all right. Do we have a call, Billy? Billy, do we have a call? Oh, patch it through. Uh, you're on the air, dear listener. Who is this? It's Kevin. Kevin? Yeah. All right, Kevin. Who? Do we know you? Billy, is this a, is this a prank call? Who is this? Now we're getting crank calls. Billy, I thought you were screening these people. What did I do, Kevin? You whipped your dick out. I whipped my dick out. He said I whipped my dick out. Uh, you said he had a good ghost story, and this is what happens. Is that the ghost story? The ghost of eroticism? Because it's been dead in that guy's house a long hey, time. Shut up, Carrie. <laughs> shut up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Somebody left us a message. On the, on the blog. You'll never guess who it is. Is it a Sasquatch? No, it's Pullman Projects. Oh. Pullman Projects says, I worshipped at the altar of Tom Savini growing up. His Grand Illusions books. I would say Grand. Grand Illusions. His, his, his Great Illusions books were my Bible. They taught me so much about prosthetic makeup effects, and I memorized each instruction and diagram. I still have my original copies, and they're literally held together with duct tape. I reference them so often in my youth. I learned how to do plaster head casts, how to make masks and fake teeth, how to create realistic wounds, and so much more from these books. I put my skills to use, making a bunch of Super 8 horror movies with my friends from the neighborhood, and not to brag, but I created the coolest and most disgusting Halloween costumes, not only for myself, but for my younger sister when I aged out of trick-or-treating. She was the most amazing zombie when she was 12, absolutely revolting, with part of her skull chipped away, exposing her slimy brains to the world. 
I took her out that year and gave like the bite wounds on my arms that she could tear away with her mouth, which we wanted to freak out passersby. And we sent one little cowboy screaming into the night. Maybe that's not very nice, but you have to admit, that's one hell of a compliment to a nascent special effects guru. That kid had one hell of a story to tell his friends the next day, and maybe his therapist years later. Halloween, just the absolute best. I never really pursued my craft professionally, but I do occasionally provide makeup and blood effects for local stage productions. I just finished some particularly elaborate blood gimmicks for a Sweeney Todd show that I'm pretty proud of. And I even create the odd mask or wound for some of the nearby spook houses whenever they ask. It's a lot of fun, and it always makes me feel like a kid again. Studying my well-worn copy of Grand Illusions and getting ready to make something guaranteed to give my poor parents nightmares. Happy Halloween! Thanks for your comment, Poland Projects. Uh, you you can do effects. Great job. Yeah, that's a fine thing. I mean, we, we like Tom Savini around here more than most people, I would say. So, sure. I mean, we get it. 66.6 KTRP. 66.6 KTRP. The home of Halloween. The home of Halloween. We got an email. My dude has something to say. This email is from our old friend, the Great Pumpkin. The actual Great Pumpkin. That's bullshit. You know it. I believe. It's bullshit, Carrie. You know it. Don't fuck with me. All right. Gore, Gore, listen. You know you know, you're not supposed to drink on the job. I'm so heavy. <laughs> Uh, scary Corey, scary Corey, <laughs> Carrie, scary Carrie, gory Corey, scary Carrie. <laughs> trying to read the Great Pumpkin's email. I love, I'm, I'm gonna down. put my hand over my mouth. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I still watch that Charlie Brown Halloween special every year. I can't help it. The show is comfort food for me. Just a relaxing and fun diversion that's the source for so many happy memories. It's not really spooky, and there's no supernatural threats, but its depiction of Halloween feels authentic. These are just kids trying to have a fun Halloween, and it doesn't always work out. Charlie Brown gets nothing but rocks when he goes trick-or-treating. Linus doesn't get to see the great pumpkin. Sally misses out on all the fun because she spends all night hanging out in a pumpkin patch with the dumb boy she likes. Even Snoopy, as the flying ace, gets shot down behind enemy lines and has to find his way back home, if only in his imagination. The small triumphs and tragedies these kids face in the 25-minute special feel real and universal. Like these things have happened to us, even if they didn't really happen to us. It's a brilliant piece of Americana since Halloween is a uniquely American holiday. It's something we made. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, perfectly captures the essence of a child's Halloween. The good and the bad. The animation is endearing because it's not perfectly fluid like a big budget Disney movie of the day. Pitch perfect, iconic score by Vince Guaraldi has become the de facto soundtrack for the holiday. The vocal performances are a bunch of hyperbolic children and for them Halloween is the most important thing ever. Every single time I watch this show, I vainly hope that maybe the Great Pumpkin will actually show up this time around. And in the end, when Linus's big sister Lucy comes around to bring her exhausted and cold brother home and put him to bed, I get a little misty-eyed. There's a real kind of magic captured there in this show. And there's a reason kids that watch it today, 56 years later, can still relate to these characters and their world. It's brilliant and absolute masterpiece. The first time I ever took my son trick-or-treating was last year. We came home and he was buzzing with excitement with this big plastic pumpkin filled with candy. Then I sat him down and we watched It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown together. He was transfixed, just taking it all in, laughing his butt off. After it was over, he grabbed a piece of candy and looked at me. 
I asked him what was wrong, and he told me he wanted Charlie Brown to have this piece, and he handed it to me. I guess he figured since I was an adult, I'd know how to get it to him. I didn't have the heart to tell my four-year-old son that I didn't know Charlie Brown's address, so I took it and tucked it in a drawer. I found that piece of candy, a little Tootsie Roll, yesterday while cleaning out that drawer, and that memory came flooding back, and I just stood there in my kitchen for a few minutes with a big smile on my face. My son wouldn't remember, but I can remember, and I'll keep the candy just in case a little boy dressed up like a ghost with too many holes in his sheets come by on Halloween. See, it's from the real Great Pumpkin, I told you. His love is real. Told you, Gore, his love is real. That was pretty nice. His little son wanted him to set aside a piece of candy for Charlie Brown. Come on. Yeah, that's some good shit. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Big part of my youth. There's something about that show. It's just kids celebrating Halloween, and it works. It does. It's kind of amazing. There's some kind of alchemy captured in a show like that. It's kind of in the same vein as something like the mummy that 90 years later still fucking great it's the great pumpkin charlie brown it's it's a masterpiece you know that's actually a thing when the show originally started airing in the 1960s a lot of kids started uh sending candy to the network because they wanted charlie brown to have some candy because all he got was rocks that was a real thing that happened so a bunch of uh Network employees' kids got candy. <laughs> the Great Pumpkin, thank you so much for leaving that comment. Everybody else who left comments and voicemails, a few of you who actually uh, stayed on the line, it's all very much appreciated. And uh, you made our Halloween. Right, the spooky season. Dear trick-or-treaters, we're so glad that you decided to join us on our Halloween spooktacular. We hope you enjoyed yourselves as much as we enjoyed having you. Stay tuned, because we've got the real face of America coming up next. It's going to be great. That's right. And don't forget to check out Gary the Grinder in the morning. For all of us here at KTRP, for myself, for my good friend, uh, Gary, for old Billy Bones on the switchboard, happy Halloween, everybody. We're the Gruesome Twosome. And we just want to remind you that it's always after midnight somewhere. Until next time, stay spooky. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Gruesome Twosome's Haunted Halloween Special. Sponsored in part by the Hill People Insurance Company. Coming up next for all you insomniacs, it's the real face of America's award-winning profile of the infamous Night Ranger murders, including previously unreleased audio from the Psycho Slasher's deadly prison interview. I want for you to know that if I ever get out of this place, I'm going to kill all Listener discretion is difficult. And later, a special presentation of the classic radio chiller, Dr. Terror's Castle of Carnage. Soon, my fiendish creation will be ready. The castle walls will run red with blood, and Dr. Terror will have his revenge. Don't touch that dial boils and ghouls. It's going to be a late night here on 66.6 KTRP, the home of Halloween. KTRP. So goodbye, everybody, and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight. That grinning, glowing, globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch. If your doorbell rings and nobody's there, that was no Martian. It's Halloween. Halloween.